This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Another episode of Forever Bristol City podcast. After about 15 minutes of yesterday's game, I thought the way we were playing, we were going to be in line for uh, another Plymouth-style home victory. But that wasn't to be the case because the final score at Ashton Gate, it finished uh, City 2, Stoke City 3. Disappointing afternoon, particularly as Stoke went into this game with only one win and four defeats in their preceding uh, five games. Bit of a Madonna skin, was it? Freak result. We're going to talk about that with my guest today. Uh, as always, uh, Ian, and uh, joining me uh, in our uh, studio, for want of a better uh, description, is uh, Neil. Chaps, uh, I'll start with you first, Neil. Um, your reflections coming away from the ground. What did you What do you think? Were we mugged? Was it a freak result? The manager said we were mugged. What did you think? I don't think we were mugged. I thought they were just clinical. I don't think we necessarily played that badly. I didn't come away from the ground thinking to myself, oh, God, we were awful in that game or whatever. We just were pressing, pressing, pressing. We were the ones on the front foot. We were the ones dominating the proceedings. It felt that way. Mm. And then, what, do they have? Four shots on target? Six shots in total, four on target, three Three, goals. Three goals from four shots. So they... They got clinical, but you you go back, and I know we'll talk about the goals in a in a bit. Uh, but uh, just sloppiness, yeah, just sloppiness in in the goals, I think. And then uh, obviously Nigel talked about sloppiness in his interview afterwards. Yeah, well, plenty to talk about in the game as well, not least the quadruple substitution, which I've not seen before. Ian, what were your thoughts as you were uh, drove away from Ashton Gate down to your rural retreat? Uh, Dave, I I thought we were. Started well. Uh, Stoke helped us with a fan with the through ball of the day to find Naki Wells. Uh, nice finish from Sam Bell from a <clears throat> kerfuffle at the near post following a corner. I'm surprised we didn't put more corners like that into the near post. Yeah. Uh, but once again, it's same old, same old. And if you keep doing what you're doing, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. And I'm afraid, in terms of our home form. That's where we are, and that's where we'll be for the rest of the season. Because I can't think of anything that's going to change it. 
No, you said that to me when we spoke last uh, on Saturday evening. You know, yeah. he ain't got to change. He ain't got to change the formation, and that's that. Neil, the the, the lineup. That I mean, we've still got that enforced change of uh, Dicky in for the now, thankfully not fully damaged ACL. Uh, Zach Viner. You know, if we see him before the end of November, that'll be good. But we hope he doesn't come back and uh, they bring him back too early. But the team is sort of picking itself at the moment, isn't it? With Naismith <laughs> in that back four position. And I don't I don't feel safe with Dickie and Naismith there because I don't think either of them are the quickest. Well, I think I think most of the people coming out of the ground yesterday, well, I can't well, I'll speak for myself and, and Thomas, who was there obviously. But God, we missed Viner yesterday, didn't we? Mm. When when he's not there and he's not there at the back, those last minute interventions, those last minute toes in, those that reading of the game a little bit, you know, when you go in and when we're talking more depth about the goals itself, it's normally Viner who is that last ditch defender that's sort of getting there and getting involved in it. And he's not there now. Mm. So actually we've got Naismith and Dickey. I thought Dickey played quite well yesterday, generally, but Naismith, me, he gets dominated physically, doesn't he? Mm. Which is strange as a centre-back. He was a centre-back at Luton. Mm. But he gets dominated physically. And they had that big Wesley guy up top from Aston Villa that Aston mm. Villa played stupid amount of money for. And just physically yesterday at the back, Tanner, Preen as well. You know, well, he put the afterburners on a few times, but we're talking about the first, their phys- first goal. Physically, he was must, yeah, physically he again. And then the third goal as well. It's just it's a weak. little bit... Yeah, As a manager, Ian, I mean, prior to yesterday, Naki had scored one goal from open play in 24-25. I mean, with Vyman, so say, uh, back to full match fitness and Harry Cornick, we all know that Vyman can play through the middle. That's his always been preferred position. And Cornick, uh, you know, we, we was there a, would you have changed anything from the defeat at Leicester? And I'm thinking maybe Naki Wells for one of those other two players that I've mentioned there. I'd have, I'd have played two up front, Dave, and I would have done that for a while, particularly at home, because all, all of our strikers, and I'll include Tommy in that, good to see him back, um, are better in a two than they are in a one. And I've been saying it all season, we haven't got a one, like the fella that Neil just mentioned, who dominated Naismith. I mean, the first goal, I don't know if you want me to cover the well, first. Well, come on to that in a minute, yeah. I come on to all that right, but that was... that proved the point and then the uh third goal proved the point again yeah and we'll talk about that as well yeah it, it's it, the defense i thought rob dickey had a good game um but the left hand side of the defense naismith in particular i thought cam was a lot more powerful going forward yesterday maybe. yes he was yes um but naismith in particular i've, I've said before don't rate him as a center back uh, he's got too many errors in him. It's all right saying, well, he's done some good things. He does. I thought his distribution was lousy yesterday. And uh, th- this is how we play at home. And even it 2-0 up, um, I didn't think, well, we're going on to a Plymouth performance. I thought, well, um, if they can come back in the game, they've still got a chance because they looked okay going forward. And then at halftime, I said to some people around me, the side that scores the next goal is going to win this game. Well, and that proved to be them. Okay, and, and that um, was and that was the case because yeah, you know we, we're we're just I, I look at I look at the team and I think I know what to expect, and I'm getting exactly what I'm expecting, which is not making me happy. 
All right. Well, we'll talk about that when we sum up and look forward to a tough week ahead with two games away in South Yorkshire. Um, let's get into uh, the first two goals. I mean, we started well. I mean, we were playing against the Stoke side that made 18 summer signings. Yeah, their form had gone down the toilet prior to yesterday. That first goal, again, referring back to the Plymouth game, it had it had images of that, wasn't it? Like a kerfuffle at the near post and then... I thought Sam did a nice little handoff, but it was a good finish via deflection, wasn't it? The way Sam finished it there, for me, was pure Tommy Conway. Yeah. It was like instinctive. He turned, pace, power, hit low. That's pure Tommy Conway finish. And Bell has improved that side of his game. Mm. In that, he's, you know, in that sort of thing, a bit more physical. You're, people are telling me how many goals he's got for the season now, Bell. Four. But he's on for double figures again, yes. isn't he? Yeah. For the for the season, if he keeps on playing the way he's playing. Um, but yeah, playing it into the mix, getting the bodies in the box, and then being the first to react. It's not the first time, obviously, the Plymouth game and getting the goals on the board uh, early doors. Yeah. And then the uh, second goal, I mean, we've not seen, well, it was as much space as... Uh, Mark Sykes had, I think, away. Uh, who, who, put, who put the? Well, it was their well, bloke. It was their bloke was trying Hoover. to back pass. Now, Hoover, right? We, we turned. I went to West Brom in the famous Danny Simpson last ever game. Oh yeah, the three no Yeah, and I haven't seen a worse back pass since Danny Simpson's one. Well, somebody said it was almost as bad as one Ray Atterbell did back in uh, 1992. <laughs> Hoover, I think it was Hoover. Was it Hoover yeah. the right back? Yeah, he hits the ball. It doesn't even get to their box, does it? No. You know, I don't know where, why he was thinking that he could... I didn't fall out with the, the back pass, per se, from where it was. It wasn't like a stupid no-look back pass like a, a yeah. Tanner has done it a couple of times in the past. Away. It was just short, wasn't it? But it was just absolutely under... But then Naki and lofted fantastic it. Fantastic finish. It was a good finish. Fantastic finish. Ian, um, you know, the Naki goal, I mean, we, we don't see our players taking enough shots do we and he finished that one with a plomb because you know he could have taken it on but he elected to place it over the goalkeeper i mean that that was knacky of old wasn't it in your view well i think if he goes through and he's got a chance he'll put it away he's a bit like Weinman in that way he is a good finisher he's just not been getting the chances and not been getting the opportunities and half of that well i think three quarters of that is service and the other quarter is when he's had opportunities, I mean, there were a couple of shooting opportunities from outside the box towards the end of the uh, first half. He's hit the corner flag with one with his left foot, and he's hit the uh, and he's he's almost killed somebody at the back of the atio with the other one. Yeah, um, <laughs> that I was mean, awful, wasn't it? That was awful. It yeah. was true. When you compare that to the strike that they got a goal back with in the in the first half. It was pathetic. Yeah. And I so you said, Ian, so you said play with two strikers. And obviously, he'd given a choice then on Saturday, right? Because yeah. Naki, based on scoring, he could do with the rest. And you can't fault his commitment and his fitness. He's 33 years old. Yeah, he's got his two-year contract and everything now. Who do you play as a two out of what's available? And I well, what's, what's, what's worked in the past is, is Conway and Wells. So I think you'd have to probably start with them, but it could be Conway and Cornick. Um, yeah. Yoboa is, 
I can see that the enthusiasm, I can see the energy. No control, is there? But there's no control and there's no composure. Yeah. And you're not going to get many 17-year-old kids with controlling composure. Let's, let's be honest. It's going to be bundles of energy, pace. Um, and I, I don't honestly think that um, he, he's, he's probably ready for it. He's certainly not. I don't think he's a right winger. And they keep bringing him on to play right wing. And I think when he plays for the reserves, he plays down the middle. So you could, if until Tom is fit, you could give him a go down the middle. All right, what about Andy Vyman down the middle, though, Ian? Well, I mean, Vyman got his goals playing really behind two strikers, didn't he, in, in a, a more withdrawn 10 role, but centrally. Uh, but to bring him on and play him left wing instead of Sam Bell, Anis Mometti must be thinking, well... Well, I, come on, we come on to Mometti. I, I better get my agent to have a, have a chat with Pearson. Yeah, it's not it's, looking good. It's, it's just going good. nowhere for him down there, is it? No, not at all. Neil, at 2-0 down, the Stoke fans were booing their own team. You know, they were getting all 1,700 of them in a 21,000-plus crowd. Seemed to be a lot of empty seats in the uh, South Stand again, I thought. Anyway, that's by the by. But that goal from uh, Ledry, uh, as Ian alluded to a few moments ago, weak header by Cal Naismith, pring-muscled off the ball, but we were directly in line of that, sat in the lands down, or the direction. It was a good strike, wasn't it? Fantastic strike. Fantastic. So to the type of strike that, as Ian has just said, Naki would have tried and he would have hit the corner flag. Mm. You know, sliced off the top. Te technically, fantastic. Off the outside of his left boot. Um, <coughs> Where's he from? Like, Who's Ledry? What's his background? Oh, I, don't I don't know. know. The, we don't know. We the, other, the, the second goal was the Serbian guy, wasn't it? But uh, the um, hacks, no, usual yeah. spelling. Yeah. The um, but yeah, I just. It was weak, wasn't it? It just it just had this feel of weak header by Naismith. Then Pring gets muscled off the ball and nobody is within five yards of him thereafter. Wow. So when they when they went up, when Pring and the guy Led Ledsey, did you say something? Maybe. Or whatever. Scott. Ledry. Ledry. When when they went up, all all game we were second ball, second ball, second ball. If we're not going to win first ball, let's do second ball, second ball. And we didn't that's on the edge of our area. We should have been close to him for that second ball when it came down to not afford him the space because he brought it down, he looked up, he shot. He had that time on the edge of the box and I don't actually remember anybody rushing him. I'd have to go back and do it, but I don't think no. anybody got within five yards of him. So just on the edge of the box, that's championship football. You're going to have and he had, players. And he had time. time. I mean, if you time. look at that goal that Palace scored yesterday at Man United, yeah. The bloke didn't have time. He just hit it. Yeah. First time. It was a cracking goal. There's nothing, Ian, nothing uh, Max could do uh, about that goal, really, was it? I don't think you'd have saved that with two goalkeepers. No. Um, and that's you, a do you agree with Neil that he just had it, too much time? Yeah. Well, if you, if, if you want to talk about the goal, they, it's a standard chip forward. Uh, the 18 is running in behind, so Nay Smith has to head it. He jumps up, he, he heads it up in the air, and then he ran backwards. I don't know if it's a run or a stagger, but he heads it up in the air, and he, he lands and runs backwards for about <clears throat> two yards. He looked a bit like, I know what you're saying, now that you've said that, he looked a bit like that referee. Well, when hang Paul on, let, me, when let, me, just, let, me, just, let <laughs> me just finish the point. He, he runs backwards. That's why there was no cover inside print. 
So the ball comes down, it finishes up in Campering on the back. So he, he's doing a quick Norman Wisdom in Where Am I? <clears throat> Larry picks up the ball. Naismith tries to run towards him, but he's too deep. He's Because he's run backwards, he's now too deep and he can't get there. No one else has come across in cover because they think, well, Naismith's got that area covered. There's no recovering midfield player. And he's got all the time in the world to hit a shot. Now, it's still a brilliant shot. I'm not going to take anything away from the finish, but it was avoidable. And I think that's the point Pearson was trying to make when he talked about sloppy defending after the game. Mm. OK, so we come off at half time with 2-1 ahead. Still feeling a bit chipper, but noticing, unlike the Plymouth game, we haven't got that third goal, which would have finished them off. There's no doubt about that. And then, Neil, start the second half, um, you know, was it Hoover puts across and Hack Sabanovich? I think he's Montenegro, and I know he's on loan from Chelsea. He looked like he'd been painting his ceiling because he had that yellow streak in his hair. But you know, sloppy goal right at the start of the second half, wasn't it? Well, it was sloppy. There was about three players on Hoover, mm. and he still got the crossing. But the cross is going backwards, and we've got three guys in the centre there, and. I'm just going to call him Hack now. I'm yeah. not even going to try to pronounce yeah. what you say. But Hack Sabinovich, there you go. I've been practicing you. that. Thank you. Um, Tanner flicks a look there. So he knows where he is. He looks over his right shoulder. He knows where he is. That's my man. That's my man. That's my man. And then he flicks back to it. And the guy just nips in front of him. And then he's completely flat footed because he's not. He's not opened up his body yeah. to actually see him running across. He looks. And then he turns back. He's got no idea where where it is. As an old centre back and right back, so you, your body shape there, you open yourself up. So then you can see. He turns his back. The guy runs in front of him. I think he got a slight deflection past Max. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think you're right. The point is, Tanner's then on the floor because he knows that he's been slow to actually. Uh, slow to react to that. The guy's nipped in front of him, really, when it is our ball. If we're defending and we've got it and it's coming across us, we can push out. This guy's got a hell of a long way to actually make, to actually get on that drive. We completely lost track of where he was. Mm. And again, really slack, ball watching, the type of thing with Viner in the centre, that doesn't happen. Yeah, Because Zach would have cleared out that. Are that you putting, are you putting a finger at um, Tanner. Tanner? All right. But yeah. then the, the thing with Tanner that we just... Well, I was just going to... Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you made uh, well, I was going to pass that on to Ian. I mean, we'd said earlier, it might have been before we started recording, Tanner went down for a few minutes at the end of the first half, who's clearly had some sort of uh, injury. And, you know, he, should he even have been on the pitch, Ian? But how did you see that second goal? And what did you think of... Uh, yeah, you put in a finger at Tanner, and do you agree with Neil and myself that you know maybe that should have been a substitution at half time? I think he should have been <clears throat> he should have been subbed at half time uh, if he was struggling with an injury. When you've got TGH on the bench and you've got two games coming up in the next five days, so yes, that he should have been substituted. But the problem started further up the field. Um, there was a ball played down the line. Sam Bell isn't watching the fullback coming forward. He's watching the ball. And that's because he's not a defender. So he's tracked back. Fair play to him. Um, the ball's gone over his head. 
Um, and then the guy is basically one-on-one with Cam Pring, who's now coming across, and uh, Sam Bell. And they both slide in to try and stop the cross, but they don't get close enough and knock it out for a corner. So the But as Neil said, the cross has got a long way to go. And one of our defenders in the, in the middle um, should have gone in white, just knocked the cross away. Uh, they didn't. And they didn't cross many balls. I mean, in that game yesterday, they crossed 10 balls all game. We crossed 36. Now, if you look at the value that they got from their 10 crosses, all right, two goals, and the value we got from our 36 crosses, which I suppose you'd have to include the 11 corners, um, we didn't get great value out of it, did we? And that's all about delivery. And yeah. it's about well, two things, delivery and presence in the penalty area, which we well, have. So I, took, I took a guess yesterday in the... Uh... The uh, well-known commentator on the Eurosport, my friend Tim Capel, and he said, "You know, we got nothing in the final third, which we haven't. You know, because the, the, the no, what always... we, we've got is no, we've got no composure and no quality, mm. and and that's the that's the problem. It's we had enough of the ball yesterday to win three matches. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we had more possession yesterday, which is never a good thing. Never a good sign for us. No, and that's a sure sign of lack of quality in the final third because yeah. and we had more forward passes than them yesterday. Too many of them were long balls. Um, and once again, we haven't got... I mean, I thought Cornick did better when yeah. he came on than possibly Wells had done, but he's not going to turn games and, and score lots of goals, no. is he? He's not no. going to do it. No. So, like that's where I keep coming back to this. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always ain't get gonna change. Ain't gonna change. Neil, fifty-four minutes on the clock and a quadruple substitution. I've never seen that before. I've, well, I've, I've never seen it. This year's the first year of five subs, isn't it? Right. So that's why we wouldn't have seen it. Before. That's why you wouldn't have seen it before. But then, um, and are you surprised at the timing of the number of substitutions? I think. We're watching, and he's getting some pelters. Watching, he's getting watching, some pelters on Oted. You know, one big threat. That's on the manager. That defeat. I think that's a bit harsh. Watching for me, thirty-two. I thought, blimey, that is a brave decision. I mean, they scored. What was it? Forty-seven. Forty-seven. Yeah. The the second goal. So, I didn't feel that there was ever a time where we were being overwhelmed. No. It didn't feel like you know, oh, they're going to score it. The no, third any minutes no, or whatever like that. No. So it looked like a real sort of effort from the bench to gain some sort of ascendancy. But the players we brought on kind of then limited what we could do later I on. I mean, if you look I at it, the four bringing on, it was too much. You're left with one. Well, but you've got to keep one just in case you get an injury. Indeed. I mean, so the thing is, left, if you look uh, at it from a logic point of view, Taylor Gardner Hickman for Tanner, mm. obviously with Tanner carrying an injury. Cornick for Wells yeah. at that time, yeah. or Vyman for Wells at that time, and yeah. then you keep your two wingers intact, and you still got the flexibility to 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 do something. Well, they've been. I've noticed that the the work rate of Bell and Sykes had dropped second half. I think they used a lot of their energy in the first half. They weren't tracking back as much as at the start of the first ten minutes or whatever of it, but both of them. 
when you watch them, both of them have periods during the game where they're almost catching their breath. Sykes sometimes looks absolutely dead on his feet. Yeah. And and he just think, well, we got to a stage this season where, you know, we play a lot through Bell, play a lot through Sykes. And then to say after 54 minutes where you've got 40 minutes plus left of the game. Yeah. We're not talking about 70 minutes or something like that. We're talking seven minutes into foot. Yeah, know, yeah. Uh, well, nine minutes yeah. into, into the into the second half. It, it seemed a little strange because what are you going to get from your boa? Your boa is well, I, a, I, a player I, there who's not going to do... He, he's the, he's, the a, he's, a, he's like a secure Chris Honours term for Andy Vyman. He's a... He's more of an out of control speedboat than Andy Vyman. Ian, um, with the with the subs, do you agree with me that the obvious ones early on were TGH and then Wells off for one of I mean you could have put taken Wells off and bought your Boa played him down the middle, Cornet played him down the middle, Vyman played him down the middle. You could have done any of that. But what did you think of the quadruple and the timing of it? Temper tantrum. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's. I'm not happy. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a statement. The four subs. If he'd have made two, yeah, fair enough. The the game was was drifting away from us. I felt. Um, we we know that. If, well, look at our home form this season. Played five, won one, drew two, lost two. Mm. You look at the sides that have beaten us. Stoke were completely and utterly out of form. I don't think Birmingham have have, have won a game. Since they beat us and everybody, uh, said, oh, they sat in mid table. They uh, sat in mid table with us. They, they everybody said what a marvelous team they were. Uh, we went up to Millwall in one in Millwall for some reason. They're normally a strong home team. They're dreadful at home. They got walloped three 0 yesterday at home. So, and we've picked up a point again at home. That's going to give you twenty three over a season. So that means you're looking at twenty seven away from home just to stay up. So. I know it's early days, but I, I, I'll keep coming back to this point of what is going to change it because we've got a manager who just doesn't change stuff. Um, you All could right. say, well, when we get players back from injury, we've got Atkinson. We don't know what McCrory's like, but Pearson no. signed him to play him right back, apparently. So that means we've got uh, about four blokes who can play right back, not well. even not including the lads in the under 20. Maybe, maybe we should be running this thing called the Pearson Index. I'm sure there's some little graphic where we can put, you know, like, love him, got to go. And up until yesterday, it was, you know, if you took the pendulum, it was on the love him side, right? I yeah. still think, I still think, you know, one person who, this is, this is me being stupid, one person who thought, thank F for that when we lost was Steve Lansdowne, because I still think that, you know, there's no love lost between those two, but then somebody, well, if you ITK, look at the people, ITK told me I got that all wrong, so I'll withdraw that. Ian, just sticking with you on the sub, Mametti. Yeah, I mean, we were told what well, Pearson said he wasn't going to sign anybody that was no better, they had to be better than what we've got. And we were talking about this last night, you know, Mametti, right? He was heralded as this maverick that you need in the dressing room. And what is he? Fourth choice on the left side, his preferred position. What's all that about? Well, I mean, I, if if I was Mametti, I'd be. I think I'd be getting the agent to have a little chat with the club and saying, "What well, do you actually want me here?" Um, because he doesn't. He doesn't get opportunities, does he? 
I mean, he could have done with 40 minutes, you know, because there's one thing trying to have it. If you come on with 15 minutes to go... And you're well, to let, me, let me develop the point, Dave, before we get, get carried away with Mametti. He also signed Ari Kornick, right? Yeah. So he signed him in Kornick. They don't start. So they're clearly not better than what was already here. Yeah. Well, that was got... us splashing the cash in January. That was a Semenyo money, allegedly, then, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, and it was, but we haven't got... But, but that's... That goes away from the point. Oh, I'm not going to bring in players that are better than what we've no, got. I know. I know. Now, he's, he signed Roberts as a, a cover left back, I'm thinking. Mm. And, and you need different, but you know, you need backup players in different positions and whatever. And there was no clear left back candidate coming through from the under 21s. So we signed Roberts. Uh, we haven't seen that much of him in league games. Um, no. So. He signed Dickey. Dickey's in the side because Viner's injured. Yeah. As soon as Viner's fit, I'd have him in Dickey as my middle two, not not Cal Naismith because he was. Oh, no, I agree with that. But I mean, surely if you look at the quality of the players that we've got when when all fit, uh, you, again mm -hmm. formation change. You say you won't do that, but if you had a back three of Viner, Dickey, and Atkinson, do you agree, Neil? That's a decent back three if you change the formation. What do you think? Other than yesterday, yeah, we don't generally concede that many goals. No, because we conceded. We, we was about eight in seven. Eight games, in seven. In seven games. Yes. So yesterday was a sloppy performance defensively. I'm not going to sort of get into a, a, we need to change the formation or whatever like that. What what's happened at City this year is things have changed behind the scenes, haven't they? And I'm sure you've covered it on the, a number of other podcasts, but budgets have changed. I'm sure Landstan has turned around and said, um, "I'm not going to. I'm not willing to invest 20 million this year or whatever like that. I'm willing to do 10 million this year or whatever like that." Things have changed behind the scenes. Alexander's gone now. They're not replacing him. They're putting in a different thing. So we have to go with the squad that we have there at the moment. Mm. It's limited options with regards to it. Hence why we're seeing a Yeboa type, let's bring him on, he's the sort of the maverick type thing. Because he, uh, he does add a certain amount of, he'll run around like an you know, like Duracell bunny, mm. trying to actually get involved. And he loves his energy, loves his enthusiasm. I don't quite see the end product. No, I just Yeboah. see him knocking their players over. And but nothing yesterday, the last, particularly yesterday when he had all that time. Well, uh, they, 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 kid, Sam Bell still looks like a Gooch, kid. I know he's improved. Gooch, again, Gooch, Gooch went off, their left-back went off at uh, half-time. And and they brought on a big guy um, who used to be, I remember, he was at a lower league team whose name escapes me at the moment, and he threw his toys at the ground and refused to play for them. Right. And there was a big hoo-ha uh -huh. about it and everything. He falls through this move. Anyway, big old guy there. And then you're just thinking, right, okay, part of bringing on this 17-year-old is he's going to physically dominate yeah, the left back. Now they changed. They changed it at half time. Gooch seemed to be carrying an injury. They changed it. Tanner seemed to be carrying an injury at we half time. Didn't. We, we didn't see, and we can see. But then you're putting your bow up against an equally big, quick guy there, and you're thinking, well, is he going to get past him? Is he going to make the mm. run? So what you see with your is his understanding the runs and all mm. the rest of it. His link play isn't there, is it? No. So we we tend to. It tends to break down somewhat. Yeah. 
I think, with your bear at the moment. I don't think he's necessarily going to be on the bench. Now that we've got Vineland back, we've got Tommy coming back, I think your bear will be back in the other 20 minutes. Yeah, so right. I think that sort of resolves itself <clears throat> because there was no young centre-back, there was no Arai or, or no. uh, LaBelle on the bench yesterday, no. so we didn't have a, a centre-back. No defensive Arai seems right. to have gone right out of the reckoning, doesn't it? But whether yeah. his flirtation with the first team, he's a young kid that's gone to his head a little bit, you know? Because, I mean, he's... He's, he's, he's eh? gone to his head a little bit. Well, I don't know. It is. But, I mean, what's I think, Duncan Iden going to get a chance? Well, he's, yeah. he's not, is he? <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's stick with the game. Yeah. Um, it's 2-2. We're doing all right. Yeah, I mean, I've got here... Travers kept... This is from the BBC. You see, I've got my name. Travers kept out Naismith and Cornick. And Pearson nipped in before your boa uh, could get in a shot. He's a nasty piece of work, that Ben Pearson. Always has been. Always has been. Nasty. Looks a bit like Bernie Slavin. He's got the old Middlesbrough player. He's got a lot of hair. 15, 16. Oh, nasty piece of work. But then, two incidents. Two incidents. I've come to you on these. Um, Tim, who was with me, Taylor Gardner-Hickman tries a volley and Tim said, Messi can get away with that. But that was another one that went in row Z. Yeah? So there was that. But more importantly, um, I've watched it a couple of times and I tweeted, you know, that was, he was given a forearm smash campering. Was that a pen? You, you, you disagree with me in, in the first half with Sykes, because I'm in the Lansdowne and Sykes gets flattened. You said that wasn't a pen. I shouted for it. But having seen the Pring one, blatant penalty. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll submit in real time on and on the day, I thought it was a collision. And I think campering went down a bit easy. Um, and a few of our players are. Uh, Vyman tried a, a dive yesterday, and the referee didn't buy it. Sykes did it a couple of times, and you ain't going to get them free kicks anymore, boys. So stop doing it, eh? Uh, because it, it, it all it does is winds people up, and it, it, that includes supporters. Um, but I mean, to, to be honest, on the game, it was we conceded three avoidable goals. Well, I know all goals are avoidable if you go back to the very crux of, of where the move begins. But the, the, the second the, all the goals we conceded yesterday were examples of poor defending. And, and it, it really is as simple as that. I mean, the third one, what was it? A long ball. Naismith gets out muscled. The ball goes over his head. Prinks comes across the cover, heads it at, towards their striker. Could have headed it anywhere, right? Could have caught the ball. With his hands, he picked up a booking. It, but he, but he heads it towards their striker, who then runs in the box. Taylor Gardner Hickman's trying to mark him, fails to mark him, and this is the bloke we're all saying he's got. Well, well, I'm not saying it. It's got to come in for Sykes, but could come in for Sykes. So Taylor Gardner Hickman's got got him. He's got him back to goal. The lad moves two yards away. He doesn't go with him. The lad turns round, crosses it, and there's Mr. Lowe at the far post to score his first ever league goal, totally unmarked. Yeah, I think you're giving Naismith an easy ride with that uh, third goal, uh, Ian, because a couple of people picked up, a uh, couple of people picked up on it and commented, Naismith loses the ball, loses the ball. What yeah. did I say, Dave? I said he lost the, the yeah, ball. Yeah, he lost the ball, but he didn't track him. He didn't let me finish here. He didn't track yeah. him. Eight Naismith was not running. He gave up. And if you look at that goal, two or three times I've looked at it now, Naismith loses the ball in the middle. He's a frigging defender, right? Yeah. He should be busting his ass, 
putting the afterburners on, not that you ever seen Naismith put afterburners on, like Cam Pring did. That's why the two lads at the back were caught. They're unmarked. To totally Naismith. You've got to put that one on Naismith. All right, let me ask well, I, wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it totally on Naismith, but I said Naismith was complicit in that and yeah. the first one. And yeah. uh, also, I'm well, thinking... we know he's a liability when he plays in the back four. I, I well, I keep, I keep saying that, but he keeps getting played there. Well, he's the manager. Yeah, why not? There you are. Slightly different take of the penalty. Right? I, All right, let's talk, let's talk about the penalties. Yeah, because oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, you, you, Ian had a view. I had a view having seen the Pring one. Yeah. Right? That looks, I haven't seen anywhere the Sykes so called penalty, but that looked physical assault on Pring. Although at the time, mm -hmm. when I was sat there with uh, with Tim, he said he's gone down too easy. And to pick up Ian's point, the Vyman tried it as well. There was one incident, there was one thing with Yaboa where he could have gone down because somebody stuck a foot up. And he, he recovered and went on, and that was in the penalty area. But back to the penalties, Neil. The Sykes one was pretty much in front of me for me, 32. He was looking for it. We've got a thing about, you know, we're not cute like we were with Alex Scott, where he just used to stop and wait for people to run into yeah. him. So Sykes went through. Sykes knew the guy was behind him, and he started to slow down, waiting for the touch. I think that's too obvious. Yeah. I think the ref's going to look at that and go, you're away. You slowed down because you're waiting for the touch. So I didn't, I thought the Sykes one was not. You've obviously posted on Twitter, X, whatever it's called now. Got to call it X, haven't we? Got to call it X. With, with the thing, at the time, I thought it was a classic campering running into someone. Mm. But you look at it and the guy's raised his forearm up. It's straight in his throat. And he, he runs. So that's an unnatural thing. But the ref is directly behind. So the ref... You can't see like, it? No, I think he can see it. I think he thinks Campring ran at the player and didn't stop and ran into the player. So it's the two players coming together. I don't know. I think it's a difficult call. It would have gone to VAR. Well, if been... But I, what I didn't see at the time that I saw subsequently on your post was the defender brought his arm up yeah. and he actually hit him with his arm rather than in. So that is an unnatural position yeah. in relationship. But I have to say now, I don't know what's a penalty and what's not a penalty no. nowadays. I don't think... And the thing is, if that, goes to VA, if that goes to VAR, because mm -hmm. it's the camera angle, from where we're sat, it looks like he's gone down easily. Yeah. But would VAR pull back play for something looked at? A camera because you can only see that incident from behind the goal. Two people had it on film because that's not official footage, or is it? I don't know. No. But would VAR be looking for an incident of that nature, or do they just look across the lines? Is well, it mainly I, on offside I, or blatant? I think, I think the VAR, if we bring VAR in a chapter, I'm sure it's on its way in some form or other. It's gonna have to be VAR light, isn't it? Yeah, so I don't know exactly. We're not gonna have the deluxe. Premier League version of VAR is too expensive yeah. and they haven't got enough people to do it. No. Imagine another 12 games. They struggle to get the officials in. Well, we talked no, about... Look, another, look, another what 12, happened, look at what happened 12, yesterday. Look at what happened yesterday. They've admitted to human error. Yeah, which can happen. In the game of the day. Yeah, but it's happened for 50 years since we've been going out. So we might as well not have VAR then? Because it's missing. Well, it's getting as much wrong as it gets right. I think if, you, if you're going to have a system there... The strange thing is, 
Are we talking about it now, the VAR thing? Or the... Well, right. a bit about the, it. the strange thing is, yesterday it boiled down, to, it appears it boils down to communication. So it, it appears from today, what I've read first thing this morning, that the people up they, via, they, they, at VAR. They screwed up. They screwed up. Yeah, but the people at VAR actually thought the linesman and the ref had given the goal. So then they turned around and said, no need for a check, check complete, all the rest of it. Whereas the linesman and the ref had disallowed the goal. So the people on VAR thought that they'd given the goal and said, yeah, that's all good. Go ahead. No problem. All the rest of it. Whereas they hadn't given the goal. So it was a complete breakdown of communication between VAR and the people on the pitch. And then they showed... um, the referee afterwards and he let play go on and then you can tell by the rest face like oh there's been an absolute effort effort here because you thought we'd given the goal and there was no need for a check and actually we hadn't given the goal and it's just you can imagine the look on everyone's face yeah, probably yeah, yeah, yeah. and the thing well it cost like, people lack of communication you know, I mean, between that's, the two that's the difference officials. between a champions league there was no position. there was what did no you, line drawn or anything no, like that what did what did you think of well, what did you think of that? Uh, just taking it off City, but there's no harm in doing that. You know, um, that incident, Spurs and Liverpool yesterday, and VAR in general. Well, <clears throat> I don't think there's anything wrong with the system. Uh, what there is, is a problem with people. Now, all these people are qualified referees, and there was a situation, I can't remember the game last season, where... There are three people employed on a Saturday and their job is to draw a line. And they didn't, they couldn't do it. They've got to draw a line. That's their job. One job, your job is to draw a line. And they couldn't draw the line. And they put the line in the wrong place. So they got the decision wrong. That's that's not a system problem. That's a human being problem. Mm. And you either say, right. Uh, we've got VAR. VAR was brought into, for example, goal line technology. Wouldn't be without that. That's brilliant. I think goal line technology very rarely lets you down, except when the system actually physically breaks down. Is it? Which is what happened the other week, wasn't it? Well, Sheffield United versus Aston Villa, it actually broke down and actually uh, was behind a, a, a bad decision. So uh, I think it was something like a ball crossing the line or something. Yeah. No, but we had a problem with it. Ashton Gate, I think it was the Plymouth game, wasn't it, where they were checking the ball? Uh, yeah, the... but that wasn't because of an incident. I mean, the, the, the goal was clearly a goal. Yeah. But what happened when the ball went in the net, the referee's watch didn't go off for it crossing the line. So he had to go and change his watch or whatever he's got to do. Yeah. yeah. But these these things are, these errors are being, that yesterday, what the way Niels explained it, it's human error. And you're not going to get away from that unless you get games, uh, the VAR becomes a referee, you know, like the system itself says goal or no goal. And you don't get the human intervention that you get now. Um, But if they, I mean, if VAR think that the referee's given a goal or, or, and he hasn't, then that really, I mean, there's this really clear signal when when there's a goal, the referee points back to the halfway line, doesn't he? And off he goes. Yeah. And the linesman runs back with him. Yeah. So I can't really think how they thought how they thought what they did, but obviously they'll be suspended next week. 
and they'll go off for retraining, which is the way these days. Nobody gets a sack anymore. No. Um, they, they, they'll go off for retraining and then hopefully they won't make the mistake again. But I don't know. I, I think with VAR, it's better than it was. Some people say it takes the spontaneity out of the game, but those same people were the mo- mainly football pundits were the one, ones moaning and groaning every single week about referees. Yeah. But we've still got ref watch with Dermot Gallagher on Sky where he goes through things and half the time he thinks they've got it wrong. Yeah. I mean, so, I think the thing is, what you've done with VAR, what you've done with VAR, it's like people used to say when paper filing systems were replaced with computers, you replace, you solve one problem, but you create a set of others. Yeah, yeah and, you do. You know, arguably, you could say it's progress, but in reality, it isn't. At the end of the day, look, I mean, it finished. Well, on on that on that very subject, to return into Bristol City, they couldn't sell any product at halftime because all the tills packed up. Now that was because they had they've got a new till system down there. Yeah. And I was in a coffee shop before the game, and whereas normally you've got a queue of about, I don't know, five, six people tops, the queue was out the door because they couldn't they they couldn't sell the stuff. Well, uh, they could make it, but they, they couldn't put the paperwork or, or well, it just poses the question there. What happens if the internet goes down for ticketing? I don't know about you, when you use your ticket. I've I always scan the code rather than just hold my phone under because the one occasion I tried it with a phone and I saw them on the gate say scan it uh, to press the code and that's worked first time every time for me. You do but it on top. You don't take do it underneath that, doesn't it? You well, I tried it, it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, look, I know I know what works for me, but it's like it's like this has got nothing to do with football. They're talking about BT replacing your fixed wire phone system everything's wireless now but the problem is i'm on virgin the problem is right if there's a pro if the internet goes down in your house you can't everything's gone you can't make you can't you have to have a mobile phone mm. oh what's one of those <laughs> anyway we right. digress um here we are then it, we are effectively one fifth of the way into the season yeah and if you extrapolate like you were doing here with five own games equals 23 points over a season but if you extrapolate nine uh, 12 points times five it's 60 and that in effect is us that's where we are 60 points is that 13 14th various season by season but probably no lower than 14 but no higher than 11 and that is us you know, I think we're the well, stadium. There's only two clubs that have been in this division as long as we have. I read. I might be wrong there, but that no, is I it. Think, no, I think to, to, to on that point, I think there's a very interesting question that that should be answered by uh, the audience, and that is: Are you happy just to stay in the championship? Because I think this speaks to uh, whether Pearson stays or goes. Um, and and are you happy to stay in the championship? And if I said to you now, right, next five seasons, you I guarantee you won't be relegated, but you're not going to go up. Are you happy with that? Will you still go on buying a season ticket? Is it, are you content is probably a better word than happy? Yeah. Or do you want to gamble and try to get promoted? Yeah. That's a very good. That is a that is a very good question, Ian. I mean, if yeah. I may come I back. I think to a lot of City fans, to be honest, from what I hear, 
I think I think the majority would, would be happy. It. Yeah, would be I, happy. But that I can remember years ago somebody saying somebody saying to me, "This is years ago. We're talking over thirty-five years ago." When I happened to be working at a radio station back in the day, and the the certain of the great of the good were on the board of the radio station at the time, and they said Bristol, right, as a city. Is one of these places that talks about it being vibrant and go-getting and everything else like that, yeah? But underneath, they wear Marks and Spencer's underpants, yeah, which is safe and secure and everything like that. You know, we'll never have a decent public transport system in Bristol, but we never will. You know, we'll never have that Ashton Gate Hall, the railway line running along the Avon Gorge. We'll never have that. And all those people who I think it is a majority – would be happy because all oh, Mr. Lansdowne, you say this to me, and a lot of all oh, Mr. Lansdowne, we're so grateful for what you've done. You spent a third of a billion pounds, and you know we couldn't, you know, we'd be where would we be without you? Yeah. Um, so I think the majority of fans. I'm 67, right? I, I will always go. I will always buy my season ticket, right? But then there comes a point in time when you think, well, and I don't do corporate anymore, so I save money. But if something, there's certain things like it might be a christening or something like that that comes up at a Saturday. And whereas in the past, I'm like, oh, no, I can't miss the game. I've got to go to the game, you know, and create rancor through doing that. I might just do it. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, it is a bit frustrating. But I think, I agree with you, Ian. I think there's a majority of our fans are happy that they'd sooner have that rather than a relegation and then a stunning season getting back up to the top flight. What do you think, Neil? I think uh, there's two teams that spring to mind when you when you say that. One's Charlton mm. and the other one is Ipswich. Mm. Charlton back in the day in the Premier League, under Kirbishley, all the rest of it, they were there, thereabouts. Was it Steve Grit as well and Kirbishley? Yeah, it yeah, yeah. managers and stuff like that. And they turned around and they went, oh, you know, the management, we've got to be more ambitious. We've got to be yeah. pushing on. We've got... And then they dropped like a stone. It switch. Mick McCarthy, years in the championship. Good parallel with Pearson at the moment. Experienced manager. Had the team. No money. It. No money. Turned around. Sorry, mate. We're going to go in a different direction. I think they bought Paul Hurst. Paul, Paul Lambert. Paul Hurst, wasn't it? Well, don't matter. Paul, Paul Hurst, they bought Lambert him. Lambert was there as well. Shrewsbury guy and stuff like that. And then they brought him in, they dropped like a bloody stone, didn't they? Yeah. And then they, they've taken like three or four years to get out of that. So you've got to be careful about what you wish for at the end of the day. But at the moment, it does have a feel of a club of starting to run on air a little bit. There seems to be a lack of synergy behind the scenes. There yeah. doesn't seem to be the sort of the drive. We sold... £35 million pounds worth of players in the last, you know, two... 12 two, months. Two, two 12 months. Less well, than 12 months. The last two transfer windows. Yeah. And yet, no one's looking at it and saying, we should go down the LJ route where, you know, we bought, we sold £80 million pounds worth of players and then we spent pretty much £80 million pound ourselves. That, that All that money got spent on 60-plus players. But to turn around and only spend, I don't know, what were we talking about? Eight million? Eight. Was it eight, nine? Fifth million? of the money. Fifth eight, of the money. That eighth, eighth or nine million. Mm. And then at the start of the season, there's a plan A, a plan B, all Which the rest of it. Which appears to have been reneged on. Things have changed. And then the CEOs walked after a short period of time. 
And then you're, you're down and you're thinking, right, behind the scenes, I don't think necessarily, I don't buy into uh, the concept of uh, that they're selling up. I think that would happen after the sports village because I think the sports village is a legacy project. But it seems to be... We're, we're going of, through the motions. We are going, we're through, going the through the motions, yet we're still getting crowds of 21,000. And if you look back, not so many years ago, yeah, and it proves the point that a decent ground does bring people in, right? But four or five years ago, yeah, well, we 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 were getting fourteen and fifteen. So, but the the the, craft- the, faci- the facilities there and the experience, yeah. particularly for young, I mean, young families and stuff like that to come in. I mean, to to have ninety nine pound season tickets for young yeah. kids and stuff like that. It is a much better place for families to come nowadays, and there's a lot of young people coming. And the new ground, the new build, it's unfortunate that we haven't been able, like a number of clubs when they have, like a Brighton, for instance, when yeah. they went from the Wifting to the Amex, they had that energy, they got promoted, they moved forward. We weren't able to do that. No. That season when we came up from Co- with Cottrell, then there's a new ground development yeah. and we're all pushing and, and that kind of flatlined on us, didn't it? Yes, it did. And then, unfortunately, you know, under LJ, we still finished eighth. We were still, you know, top off there or thereabouts. Tenth, I think, in the end. Don't but we have Was it not one season? No. Before? But no. but the but I think you know, as a club now, we seem to be sort of running out. We're of a bit that like energy. look, look. We're a bit like a Preston and a Millwall. That is us. Yeah. Yeah. Because but, I'm sure their fans will sit there. Preston yeah. and Millwall fans. Ian, you'd agree with this. Preston and Millwall fans probably sit there thinking, why can't we be like Luton or Brentford? Yeah, and Brentford, the wheels seem to have come off them a little bit at the moment. But uh, well, I don't I, look. I, I don't think the. I think the club is up for sale. Um, the the they can go on and build the village and do whatever. That's a completely separate. Uh, the basketball arena. That's a completely separate project. I don't think they they will sell the club. The simple reason no one no one will give Steve Lansdowne the money he's looking for for it. No one will give Steve Land. No one will buy whoever. If ever the club is, it won't be the club. You have to buy the Bristol Sport. Well, not, that's, I, I, that's not that's not what I've said. I've said that no one will give him what he wants for it, and the reason they won't is because of the debt, because of the it, it's a it's a mediocre club, um, and it it will continue probably to lose money as will the rugby. Yeah. So, if I'm if I'm investing two hundred million of my hard-earned money, what am I going to get for it? I mean, if don't get me wrong, if the club goes up to the Premier League, and I, the the way I'm looking at it, City now, I think there's zero chance of that. Yeah, but the club did go up to the Premier League. I think they'd be queuing round the block to buy it. I, but I think but, um, I still embraces, think- I mean, it's a club that embraces. And for a while, has embraced mediocrity, and and I think a lot of our a lot of our fans are content with that. I mean, we've got. Well, a, that's what that's the point you were making. Well, hang on. we've had a, a message from Matt Moore on here who said, "Yes, I, I I would settle for for that. I've spent too many years in League One, and a lot of our fans might be thinking that way, because I I I mean I've said it before, but I'll, I'll be completely honest. If we were relegated, I wouldn't get a season ticket." So I'd be one of the ones, one of the probably 4,000, I'm guessing, season ticket holders that would walk away. So I just don't want to watch League One football. Nothing against anybody. I just, mm. I think it's awful. I, th- I think the, um, 
my personal view on it is that I, I reckon outside of Bristol, people cannot believe that we haven't been in the Premier League. Yeah, they yeah. look at they look at the club, they look at the facilities, they look at this billionaire owner, and they think, how has that club not had at least one or two seasons? When you look at Blackpool playing, bloody Luton. Well, Luton, Luton, Luton is a different kettle of fish, but. When you look at Blackpool getting up there, Huddersfield getting up there, yeah. you know, these sort of teams. And then you look at us as a club and 20,000 plus attendances. Right, okay, you geared to go. You and, don't, to go. Don't, don't forget, and sold out away ends everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, know we, I know we won't get Rotherham, but we've already sold out in Leeds. Do you, do you, but for teams coming to Ashton Gate, in, yeah, you're regularly voted one of the best away days. They love yeah, coming to us because it's a nice city. They all go into the city centre. They all meet. Well, you can make a weekend of it when you come to Bristol, can't you? And, and you come there and you always have the entire away end at the Atio. So we just give it, come on, yeah, let's have a... I mean, I hate it. I think we're too nice as a club. Yeah, no, I agree. But then we're not. But, we're, but what you've got to bear in mind, the fact of the matter is, right, Bristol City Football Club don't own anything we're a tenant now effectively with cross charges you know the club can't do stuff without getting permission from bristol sport but before all that happened it was our ground right all the two take that concerts bristol city are not going to benefit one little yeah, but we won't yeah but bristol city won't don't pay any of the bills on a saturday either dave we don't pay for the electric we don't pay for the staff we don't pay for no, but we used to we used to own it lock stock and yeah but dave that's like you know, I mean, I know at one time we were in the um, what's now the Premier League, but that's ancient history, mate. Yeah, no, I know, but that's the point. We're 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 in this bit of a limbo at the moment because I, I, I just think with it, it's you know you can get into the accounts and all the rest of it. The oper the operating costs of that place is huge, isn't it? Yeah, it's twenty five. Yeah. Our turnover is twenty five, twenty six million a year. Our operating costs are twenty five, twenty six million. That's before you even get into budgets playing budgets wages and all the rest mm. of it no one ever breaks and i, I had a conversation with dave febs and mr pop on the on the forum for and i said why are our operating costs supposedly twice what a millwall or a preston or whatever are i don't understand why our operating costs we never break it down into some sort of scheme no, but that's, so that's, that's well and Lansdowne's lands lands an accountant so obfuscations to how everything hangs together we don't know we well, we, I, I, we think, don't I, think, I think Bristol. I think Ashton Gate is actually there's Ashton Gate Limited. Mm. So I yes. don't think I don't think it's Bristol Sport. It's, there's Ashton Gate Limited, Dave. Yeah, so but they're all I under think, the umbrella of Pula. But that that is just the way <sighs> accountancy goes nowadays yeah, in yeah. relation to it. But that you, you but you go back. You go back. This is even under Lansdowne's tenure. You go back 15 years, and I used to be a shareholder. I bought my one share back in 1982 and you've got i've got the accounts and there it was you know like you had a ground that was undervalued at one stage but yeah and they revaluated revalued the ground to market rate i don't know 15 years ago certainly in Lansdowne's tenure and it went from being in the books at 900 grand to about 10 million right now i don't get a copy of the annual report and accounts anymore right but it's all know, online dave it, 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 yeah you're right but it's not back then it was bristol city the accounts and you could see cost of the ground yeah even down to lighting heating rates and everything like that it was very simple now it ain't 
anyway, there's no point in us sort of debating that because, you know, we are but pawns. We're not even pawns in this overall scheme of things. Let's look forward to the week ahead. Before we do that, um, those of you that are old enough to remember, today's theme music was The Man From Uncle. And the reason why I played that is because I like to pick up on the celebrities that sadly have passed away. Uh, Neil told me he was young enough to remember. Ian certainly was. But David McCollum passed away at the age of 90. David McCollum was Elia Kuriakin alongside Napoleon Solo, which was paid by Robert Vaughan. And I actually had, when I was about eight, a little man from Uncle Triangle badge. I can't remember what man from, or I can't remember what Uncle stood from. But do you remember David McCullum and the man from Uncle Ian? Oh, yeah. I also yeah. remember him playing Ducky, uh, the uh, the doctor come pathologist in uh, some of the Dick Wolf stuff. That, was uh, that NCIS, isn't it? Or NCIS, like and uh, yeah, he was he was in that for quite a long time as well. So, uh, yeah. And what's the other series that he was in? Uh, what in the seventies? Come on, you'll start for ten. No, can't remember. All right, Neil, it's fill us in. Sapphire and Steel. Oh, he was in that, was he? With Joanna Lumley. Oh, I, I remember it. I, I remember it vaguely, but it wasn't yeah. exactly. Uh, I I what, never watched it, but I did make a point of just sort of looking because I thought, well, do I play the Sapphire and Steel music? But Sapphire and Steel. It seemed to be a bit mystical. I don't mean in a Merlin sense, but I looked at a few snippets, and it looked two, to be like an But it seemed to be like a forerunner of the X Files, which I never watched. But I never watched Twin Peaks. And what was that? What was that other thing that was on Netflix? The druggy thing that was on. I never watched that. Sapphire Breaking Bad. Break. Yeah. I never watched Breaking Bad, but I did watch. I did watch. I, I did watch Peaky Blinders and stuff like that. Anyway, we digress. Well a week ahead. Uh, now. It's South Yorkshire, here we come, mm. right? We're on Sky on Wednesday night against Rotherham, who lost 2-0 at Cardiff. We were in the bloody playoffs with all their disruption and shitty managers and financial problems. Yeah, And then we come up against Leeds, who lost to Mr. Possession, Russell Martin's side, Southampton yesterday, which probably, I would say, kept Russell Martin uh, in, a, in a job. Uh, Ian, you first. Um, two games in South Yorkshire... Mm. We've got to come back with well a win and a defeat or two draws. What 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 are your thoughts on the week ahead and what changes, if any, would you make up at uh, whatever it's called, the Rotherham Stadium? New York City. New York City. City. Um, I think you'd obviously look at it and think Rotherham is the more winnable game. Um, I'm just looking at how they lined up yesterday against uh, Cardiff, and it was a a 5-3-2. They've got big Hugo up front, so uh, no doubt he'd be looking forward to knocking uh, Naismith all over the place. Uh, they've also, and uh, they've got some names in their team there. They've got Sam Klukas in there, um, but it's a, a Fred Onyedimma, who I think is ex-Millwall. So, yeah, they, they've got that kind of it's the, it's the classic Rotherham field. They're one of the clubs you look at and you think, well, if we can be better than them, then we'll be able to stay up this season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look at the game, because that was Cardiff's fourth league win on the, the on the trot yesterday. So if Cardiff can do it, why can't we? Looking at uh, the, the game, Cardiff 
had far more possession. Uh, Rotherham had seven shots, didn't get a shot on target all game. Um, but they did force five corners. Um, so, look, uh, I, Cardiff lined up against them in a 4-3-3 and they beat them. But they've got that presence up front in Ateta uh, and they've got Matey up, up front as well. So, Was that the ex-Reading player, yeah? Yeah, Cardiff, Cardiff are looking half decent. You know, like I say, that's their fourth, uh, fourth league win on the trot. But I, th- I think we should go up to Rotherham uh, with a degree of confidence and get stuck into them and see if we can win the game. I mean, having lost the game against Stoke, it it, it becomes a both of those games, Rotherham and Leeds, become a mustn't lose, don't they? Yeah, definitely. What do you think, Neil? I mean, South Yorkshire. Wet night, not going to get their best viewing figures. Sky are they against uh, Rotherham, and one less recovery day to uh, to get over. But yeah, uh, what I'd... are your thought? What are your expectations from the two games? Well, what you want to do is you want to lay Stoke to bed, don't you? <coughs> you know, Stoke is the type of game where you two nil up, you're playing that, you get sloppy, you lose three two, but before you know it, it turns into a legacy game, and then you go and lose your your next two, and then you've lost four in a row. Uh, that, that, and, that's what, and, I'm, that's what and, I thought, walking away. And, and you're just there, and you're like, right, okay. So you need to say, right, we didn't play that badly. We were sloppy. We need to play better. You need a result. I think we need a result of problem. Or win. I think we need to win. I know it's like, oh, so early in the season, you don't need no, to but win. It's, Neil, but it's true. I, because I, look, I think, if we, get, if we so. get one point, if we get a point at Rother, and that puts us on to 13, right? And and then we lose we lose at Leeds. We'd have thirteen points from eleven games, and that's a quarter of the season as near as makes no difference. But, but I think going points aside, it's the manner of the defeat yesterday. It's the manner. Of well, the we shouldn't defeat. have lost. And and you've lost you've lost a game that through slackness, sloppiness, whatever. Okay, fine. You know we've been there long enough to see X amount to see. But that is the type of game yesterday. Which you could then go on to lose the next two or three quite easily. Yeah, and it sucks. And then the next time you've got a home game, and you get well, you've got two home games back to back. Going, but going back, you know, two or three seasons where we had that awful period where we would concede all these late goals and all Mm. the rest of it, and we went nearly a year without a win at home, Mm. didn't we? And then it just perpetuates, you know. You're in front, but you're never looking comfortable. And there's a doubt, you know, 2 0 at home when you're dominating, you should be right. Let's push on forward. You don't want to have that doubt in your mind, like yesterday with yeah. Stoke, that you're going to let it in. What we have done in the last few games is we've got in front, we've got a couple of goals, and then we've let the other side back in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Or have they got it's back in? Have they tweaked their own game? No. I mean, the, the, Plymouth, the Plymouth game, we let them back in at 2 1. The uh, the game yesterday, we let them back in at 2-1. It was their only shot of the first half. You know, and it, it was just, realistically, you know, you've got to be better at at 2-0. We we seem to... Oh, oh, right, OK. We've got all this energy. We put the press on. We get the 2-0 after and all 15 the minutes. You're right. Oh, 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 it's like, oh, yeah. And it, it's going to be comfortable. And you, you just cannot... We kind of got away with it a little bit against Plymouth because that could easily have been, you know, there's some oh, last stage yeah, challenges yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that in that first half, you know, that appalling ball out by Max O'Leary, yeah, and the guy was through and then he put it wide. You know, that could have been a completely different 
game set in yeah. relation to that. And they went and felt Norwich 5-1 we do We do have a certain amount of... We we get in front in games and then we turn around and we just like, oh. So we need to go up to Rotherham, conscious with it. We need to get up to Rotherham. We need a performance, but we need a disciplined performance. Yeah. So we need to actually get a three points at Rotherham for me. Anything less than three points and then you're going to Leeds... And you're like, well, well you're gonna, you get points. you get a draw at Rotherham, and you're on 13 points with a quarter of the season gone. It's one point from 12. No. Yeah, and then and then, then you're and then like, you got Coventry and Ipswich at home. Tough two home games, two tough, tough games. games. Ian, um, you know, you, uh, we don't like to do that extrapolation, but it's it's fine. Mar well, everybody says fine margin in this division because interestingly, losing at Leicester last week, right? And, it, and Neil just said about the performance, right? The performance. We lost at Leicester, but we'd have got a point had it not been for mm, a rash, ill-timed challenge by Mr. Naismith, who got, he got away with it in the game against West Brom, right? He gave it away against Leicester, right? He did the penalty because we our performance was worthy of a point at Leicester, I would say even though we were wasteful. Mm. Yeah, would you agree, Neil? We were disciplined. Disciplined. We did, and we then yesterday, yesterday, Ian, Naismith defending, header, contributing to the first goal. I stress to everybody, have a look at the third goal we conceded, right? And look at look at Naismith, his tracking, non-existent. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ian, we, we need a performance and it ain't going to happen, but Naismith... You said it more than once. Bloody liability in the back four, isn't he? Well, I don't want this to turn into a, a, a slaughter Cal Naismith podcast. Well, but... said he's not very good. Well, it's hang on, Dave. Dave. Dave, just hang on for a bit. You've got, we're going to Rotherham. Rotherham, are, the good news is they're as bad at home as we are. But their record is slightly better because they've only played four home games. They've won one, drew two and lost one. They're not full of goals. They've conceded six and scored six. So to me, everything points towards a draw. Um, well, having said that, our away form probably tips it in our favour. So if we can get up there and score early, we'll be OK. Now, Leeds, surprisingly, you'd think Ellen Road would be a fortress. Well, it's not, but they haven't lost at home. They played four, won one and drew three. But they're not scoring loads of goals. They've only scored six, but they're not conceding many either. They've only conceded three. Mm. So that looks like, on paper, the tougher of the two games. But I don't want to see us go to Leeds and play like we did at Leicester. What, show them too much respect? We Yeah, we went to Leicester. And, and I think in a lot of, the, of these occasions, when you go up and you set up like that, you're half beaten before you start. Yeah. Because we know we're not a we're not a one nil side normally. Um, we're a, we're a team that probably has to score a couple of goals at least to win a game. Uh, yesterday we did we didn't need to score four, but um, I still I still think we go with a positive attitude to both games. If Tommy can play, even if he can only play the first half, I think it'd be a good idea to play him. Uh, in a two, I think we need to start doing that. Uh, Pearson might say, well, what we've done away from home has worked fine so far. Thanks very much. So I'm going to do exactly the same again. And, that, and that's, you know, that, that that's an option. Uh, 
but we need to go to those games. And I'm having lost the game to Stoke, I'll be looking for four points. Yeah, no, I agree. Ian, that ba that batch of six games between the two international breaks, I was going for three wins, one draw, two defeats, right? And one of the three wins was against uh, Stoke yesterday. The draw was West Brom. The two defeats were at Leicester and Leeds. And now we need to we need to win. We definitely need to. Well, you've just said we need we need uh, four points. Okay, guys, look, let's uh, wrap uh, up for today. Before I do that, um, our next two live podcast recordings, we'll do uh, the leader leads. We'll do the Rotherham game uh, on Thursday morning, probably about nine o'clock or something like that. Yeah, Ian, I'm sure, will be there. Neil, maybe. Uh, obviously, I will because I'll be setting this up. And then Leeds, we'll do that next Sunday. Another final thing I want to say as well, I invested, uh, those that are watching it on um, YouTube as we record this, I invested for the first time in uh, Cider Eds, their version of the Match Day programme. And I have to say for four quid, right, I'm actually going to sit and read that. It's full of interesting stuff, far better than any club match programme was uh, over the last number of years, although we haven't done one. You know, that, that is a whole afternoon's reading in there. So whoever's getting this out, you're doing a bloody good job. And, uh, you know, I'll make sure I buy a copy of that every time I go in there. Because for four quid, it is excellent value. It's a shame it was issue number 13, unlucky for some. But there we go. So Cider Eds, you're doing a grand job there. And uh, just something worth uh, worth um, reading, without a doubt. But uh, any, Neil, any final thoughts from you before we... Uh, before we wrap up, yesterday was a game that you know we should have won, or at the very least got a draw. We lost. We either move on quickly from it, or we're sitting here in a few weeks going, Ugh. "Yeah, Ian, your final thoughts?" Yeah, I go, I go along with what Neil just said. I think that these things can be losing can become a habit, and so can winning, and so can conceding crummy goals. Um, however, I come back to the fact that I don't think there's the ability or will within our coaching and management set up to change things to a way in which makes us, I, I can understand the hard to beat thing, but at, at home, we're not hard to beat. So something needs to change. I don't think it will. And I think we'll be sat here in four or five, six weeks' time, because we've got to allow for the international break, and there'll be some quite difficult conversations to be I had. think so. I mean, I hope, I, I hope, let me say, I hope I'm totally wrong. We win the next two away games, and we're all down at Ashton Gate for <laughs> the next home game, Coventry? Hey, The next home game, Coventry, is it? Coventry. Coventry and Mark Ashton's Ipswich. Yeah, so I, I hope we're sat down there at the Coventry game with a big smile on our face saying, look, haven't we done well to be where we are? We won two more away games in life grand. Uh, that's what I hope. What but, I think is we'll be sat there with being a bit miserable and thinking, well, we better go out and win this because we're starting our, our usual, we're getting towards Christmas and we're starting our usual slab on the table. I know. I mean, Ian, at uh, 10 Sorry. past three, at uh, 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 20 past three, well, quarter past three yesterday, uh, and even at 20 past three when they got their first goal, I like looking at the uh, BBC app and I'm sitting there seeing a sat nestling in sick position, looking very nice. And then yeah. we concede and we're drawing and we're down, sort of dropped out the top six and then we lose and we're sat there, I think, 
same same form as the bloody gas have got. You know, we've both played nine games, three, 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 right? You know, yeah. I got a horrible feeling, and I hope I'm wrong. And anybody who says on here we're being negative, we're not being negative because it's easier to prepare yourself for disappointment when you've been watching City for 50 odd years. That is that is life. But you know, I got a horrible feeling that we'll be sat in next Sunday, and instead of looking up, we'll be looking down because certain sides that started the season badly have started to put a little bit of form together, notably West Brom, 4-0 winners away at early season high flyers, Preston. Yeah. Don't want to and Coventry and Ipswich at home, they're two decent sides to be playing. Ian. Well you're four you're four points off relegation at the moment and four points off the there play. You go. There you so go. it's the absolute epitome of what you could call mid table on points. Yes, so yesterday <laughs> Yes, there we go. In Stoke, we were when we were winning, we were sixth, and then we lost them with twelfth. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That's it. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening, and uh, I think we had a record month of downloads. Uh, almost five thousand people listened to us. So obviously, uh, you know, we must be doing something right. So thanks a lot for that, and uh, we'll be back with a report on uh, and a discussion on the Rotherham game. We'll be recording that Thursday morning. All the best, everybody. Goodbye. 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 Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the river robins are ba ba bobbing along. When the red, red robin comes ba ba bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.